Shalom, Manishma. It's Michael Mizrahi, Hatochen. And you're listening to Us Begova. אז בגובה, פרק 4, מה קורה אלקנה? אהלן אייל, מה נשמע? טוב, אתה נרגש? כן, אני מתרגש, הולך להיות פרק מיוחד. טוב, אנחנו הבטחנו לכם כבר חודש כמעט, הפתעה מיוחדת, ואנחנו תכף נסיים לדבר בעברית, כי יש לנו אורחת מאוד מיוחדת, אז כל הפרק הזה יהיה באנגלית. So now we're moving to English, and אלקנה, I will let you introduce our special guest. Well, our special guest is a poker player. She is, uh, I think, 32 years old. I checked her Wikipedia page earlier, but I don't remember anything. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Melanie Weisner. Hello. 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 It is 32. That is correct. Yeah. Hi. I also remember you were studying... Uh, The Wikipedia page said uh, vocal performance. Correct, I, I yes. I don't know what that means. I mean, you learn singing, you sing. Singing, singing, yeah, with a track in musical theater. Yeah, that's what I was studying. Okay, yeah. we, we, we have a yeah. lot to talk about. Yeah, and uh, I think we'll let her sing in the, in the end of the episode. Oh, good, great. <laughs> <laughs> and she, you forgot to mention that she's a very, very nice person. You, you know, I, I, I told you how we got her to come to this podcast, right? You, you got her, you talk, I don't know how to talk to girls. Uh, yeah, I just sent her, <laughs> I, I heard she's coming to Israel, to the variety tournament, she'll talk about it later. So I just sent her a Facebook message and asked her, you want to come to an episode? And I was like, what are you doing? She won't come. And then she's like, yeah, I'll do it. No problem. Yeah, that was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> so... How is Israel so far? It's great. I love it. I especially love Tel Aviv. Uh, kind of always looking for an excuse to come. So when I was invited to the variety tournament here, it was an easy, an easy yes. You want to talk about it, about the variety tournament? It was two days ago? Sure, yeah. It was two days ago. I think it had about 300 people attending, and I've never been a part of a charity tournament this big. Actually, there may have been one that was that big, but, 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 but not with a prize pool like this. Not, nothing nothing uh, this huge. It's very impressive. Uh, I was chatting with multiple people already about how a, t- a tournament like this is, is kind of unprecedented in the States because you usually have a prize pool you're playing for, and that's what keeps it competitive. But everyone was still uh, very competitive despite there being no prize pool to play yeah, for. Yeah, really. It's all going we're to all, the charity. We're all, we're all competitive, yeah. Which was very impressive, and it was an amazing event. So I was happy to be a part of it. Yeah, and you like you, you told me you busted like 20 times from this tournament. I did. I had, <laughs> I, I had unlimited rebuys in this tournament as, as part of the, the pro situation. Uh, so I decided to take full advantage of that. <laughs> I was all in most, most hands trying to get a big stack, and I lost something like 20 hands in a row, something ridiculous. Uh, and then eventually I, I got a few double-ups and, and started playing for real. Okay, I'm, I'm still... Uh, by the way, um, we, we have two microphones for three people, so sometimes maybe one of us will talk uh, a bit far from the microphone, and then the other one will slap him. I'm sorry, I, <laughs> I, I, stopped, I stopped listening after, after she said unlimited rebuy. And that's, <laughs> that's all, all I can think of. It's like, you know the dreams about like marshmallow clouds and like sugar and stuff and rainbows and... My dream is that one with unlimited rebuy. 
And shakshuka. Yeah, and shakshuka. You know what shakshuka is? Yeah, I've had it. I've had it in the states, and then I had it for real, actually, just a couple days ago. No, you haven't had the real one. No. Alkana every Saturday morning. Friday, Saturday. Friday, he posts to Facebook a picture of his. Shikshuka famous famous Shikshuka with like this uh, 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 catchy phrase something like a very uh, smart ass uh, sentence and everybody's usually telling how me. how different can it be it's just it's just stewed tomato egg oh, spices don't yeah don't get me started <laughs> don't get me started <clears throat> so what, 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 besides shakshuka and uh, unlimited ribeyes what else uh, have you what, what else have you seen in Israel where, where have you been So far, this vacation. So, mostly just Tel Aviv. There's a lot of stuff going on for the Eurovision. Yeah. Uh, I went to the food festival tonight. It was crazy, like 100 stalls. I've been doing uh, a project where I speak to businesses, corporations, and I, I discuss how to apply poker-style strategy thinking, decision-making to business. So, I, I did a few talks for that while I'm here. And just like some general touring. We have friends. Uh... Nothing, nothing <laughs> too crazy, really, besides that. Yeah. It's great. If, you, if, you, uh, if you'll see the... Okay, let me rephrase it. If uh, most... Uh, if you'll... God damn it. <laughs> I'm so excited. She's here. <laughs> I wanted to say, I wanted to say that uh, most Israeli poker players, not all of them, we have some good, but most of them are so bad. So if, you, uh, if they will imply... Their poker skills in their uh, in their own companies or market will not collapse. their poker skills my poker yeah, skills yeah <laughs> I know I know that's um, better yeah so we, we <laughs> that's hilarious yeah so we have a, a pretty pretty busy lineup and uh, we're gonna do everything if it's gonna take us four hours Melanie is not smiling anymore yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, first of all, me and Elkanah, we will tell you about our latest run from the Israeli Poker Academy Spring Championship. We just, uh, we had uh, like updates on the Telegram channel and uh, we had, it's like, was this biggest uh, event of the Israeli poker of the What year. What was the, the buy-in? And It was fi- 500 shekels. 550, I think. 550. And the first prize is a full package to WSOP main event. Cool. Like flights, accommodation, right. buy-in and everything. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. And, it and had second like prize is nothing? No, second prize is, uh, I think, a Crazy Eights uh, package. Cool. And, yeah. And third prize is Millionaire Maker and maybe f- the fourth is Colossus and then... And then just other stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. 700 entrants. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty big tournament. And we're like, uh, I never played. I mean, I played some big tournaments, some uh, tournaments with 100 players in them. But that was a different one. That it was like, because the, the usually these tournaments are, play, you play for money. You play for, for like, there, there's a prize pool. Also, this, this I wanted to, to say about the, the variety tournament, uh, about the variety tournament. I'm sorry, my English is like, if, if I'm going to go through the whole the podcast without uh, mispronounced words or something, it's going to be a miracle. So, <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, yes, we, we play for prizes. So we play like for, for a package to the WSOP, mainly for like a, a, a trip to Europe or, or like a plasma TV or something like that. Or a cell phone or Sony PlayStation, yeah, I took yeah. it all the way. So it's, it was 
like never, never ne- I, I never think I never seen a tournament like that it was amazing yeah it was, yeah it was that's enormous. really impressive yeah. yeah yeah and it was a very deep and uh, usually most of the Israeli tournaments are uh, turbo and uh, and they're not too deep and this one was pretty deep I think it was like 500 big blinds right it was like 50 50k stack and 100 100 blind blinds and, and 30 minute levels 30 minute levels it's so funny that you say that that's a that's I, a slow structure <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not the main event that's a that's a, a 30 minute level tournament is a standard turbo tournament I, I know but and this yeah, is Israel for Israel honey, yeah yeah honey, very welcome impressive. to Israel honey <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's we, cool well yeah. it's still you're still deep very deep to start so exactly and um, that's why that's why I managed I, I played the, the start the, the the first levels that's why I, I managed to, to, to I, I could play yeah I could play I mean uh, I finished uh, we recalled the last episode after day one after his day one before my day one yeah and I, I finished as chip leader uh, the, the day one she, all of, overall we, they had like eight first flights and he finished uh, the overall chip leader of day one yes yeah, so the, the listeners that aren't follow the the, the <coughs> telegram channel still don't know what happened on day two and on day three <laughs> and <laughs> there was no day three for you <laughs> yeah there was no day three I mean I came to day two feeling like oh come on you are all my bitches and that's gone and then he did Anton Morgenstern yeah it's a recurring theme in the podcast we talk about Anton Morgenstern some uh, at least one it's in an episode yeah about his um, meltdown it was a uh, we, we talked about it on the first or second that episode. was the ace jack thing versus uh, the deuces of that uh, whole Mark Newhouse yeah yikes yeah, yeah, yeah that was crazy honestly like that I think uh, Newhouse's call in that hand is like not that's a tough call as well. Like I would never think I'm good in his spot. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I I remember watching this and of course I was watching it like four months after it actually occurred. But yeah, uh, I don't remember the exact action, but I do remember hearing the hand and being blown away. Yeah, yeah, it was like ace ace deuce on the flop. And yeah. Morgenstern had ace jack, right? Something, Something like that. that. Yeah, it was five years ago. Yeah, and I, f- I, I got into the money in this tournament. I finished. Uh, 48 uh, in this in tournament. This yeah, in this one. No, no, in the main event, I didn't finish 48, Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, we'll talk about the main event in, uh, in a few minutes. But um, I finished 48. And um, so I'm actually Asbagova's uh, um, best poker player for this time. For, for this time. Okay, uh, I will crush that result. Yeah, and uh, I had a nice prize, and uh, enough talking about us. Okay, so... More about me. More about you, but <laughs> first, we'll do something nice. Every episode, me and Elkana, we analyze poker hands from our amateur fishy perspective. And, uh, Your amateur fishy perspective. <laughs> and today, we've got you, which is le- less amateur and less fishy. And uh, what what do you want to go first, uh, Melanie? You want to go over your hand or my hand? Let's go over your hand first. Okay, so let me just uh, get it in front of me. So it's actually from this tournament, from the Israeli Poker Academy Spring Championship. It was uh, day 1D, and blinds were 200, 500 with 500 Andy. 
Um, as I said, for us, it's a deep and slow uh, tournament, and uh, the effective stack is 52k, and uh, hero, which is me, I'm in under the gun plus one, and I open to uh, a 1300. It's for our Israeli audience, it's 1300. <laughs> and uh, villain, everybody falls. What's your hand? Yeah, my hand. I didn't write my hand, and uh, Melanie asked, asked it also. It, it's a king-queen offsuit. Um, well, you could even analyze the hand from that perspective. What should your range be? Yeah. For the play you're making. Yeah. Is it is it a, a loose open from under the gun plus one to with king-queen off? I don't think it's that I loose. I don't think I, it's that loose. I would, I, would, I would need a special reason not to open that not, hand. Yeah. You could... You could if there was just like tons and tons of three and four betting at your table, then I might not open that hand. But I, I don't think you typically want to be folding that hand. Okay. So, uh, nice to know. deep, yeah. See? First, uh, first, uh, first good word from Melanie about my poker games. So at the end, we'll sum up and I'll have... Well, you can just memorize a starting range. It's not like that <laughs> impressive. <laughs> <laughs> but my but my starting range is not yours. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, we have uh, the villain, which is in the bottom, and he calls. And before I go to the <clears throat> to the uh, flop, I'll just say that the button is a is a pretty solid player, and he didn't play many hands, but he's a bit tilted. And I seen I seen him already bluffing in the button like once or twice. Why is he tilted? Because he lost a big hand uh, earlier, I think it was Kings versus eight nine suited, and he lost uh, he lost pretty major of his stack. Po- uh, 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 what was this all in preflop? No, I think they. Uh, I think it was he had to fold on the turn, but uh, he was pretty tilted. How do you know he had pocket kings? Because he showed. He just okay. exposed his hand. All right. Yeah, they they can they like to do it here. You know? Okay. It's like look. I folded kings, you bastard, look. Okay. No, folding kings, actually, in Israel, folding kings happen once every year, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, stop me. You think, it's, you think this means that he's tilted? I think, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we were, like, sitting for, like, uh, it's, I think it was level four or five, so we were, like, sitting for, like, two hours or something in the table, so I could watch him and how And he... you saw him bluffing? Yeah. What was the hand you saw him bluffing on? I don't remember, Melanie. Well, this is important because you because the way in which people bluff can tell can tell you a lot about what they might do in other sorts of hands, you know. So if I if we, I saw a guy like something in this hand that might make me call down is if I saw him float really wide and then try to do something to take the pot later, then I might be more interested in. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Useful. Uh, useful uh, to do, know. Do you do you write these comments, Elkana? Because it's gonna be it's going to be useful on future hands. Uh, so the flop comes uh, King Jack Seven Rainbow, which I believe is it's a pretty good board for me. It's decent, yeah. Yeah. So I bet uh, fifteen hundred, and he pretty snap calls. Just calls, doesn't think about it. So before Melanie uh, analyzed this this uh, flop action, uh, I want to ask why. I mean. I could check this flop out of position, I think. I think With king-queen offsuit on this flop, uh, I don't know if I'm, uh, I'm going for value on this flop because I block other kings that will call me, and uh, usually it's go- it's not, he's not going to have a lot of other good kings. I mean, you're getting called by king-10 or king-9, and he doesn't have that many kings in his range. Okay. 
and if he, he if he's gonna call you with a jack he's gonna call you uh, with a jack in in later streets that my my way of thinking I, I'm, I'm already uh, I'm I am already going to, to catch bluff with this hand okay I, I, uh, are you agreeing on this I would prefer a, a good reason to do that like I don't really want to just bluff catch with this hand unless I think checking will allow my opponent to stab more often than he should like if I check here and I think my opponent will start attacking the pot with pocket eights or ace 10 or stuff like that then that's fine but I'd rather get a call from some of like the ace 10 ace queen yeah. queen 10 queen 9 jack, jack X. 10 and yeah. I also like yes you block a king but every time you're trying to get uh a, a out kicked pair to call you you're always blocking it so you you can't yeah. you you also do want to get value from a king um so if but there are because of the jack i mean that's why it's i mean uh, it, there aren't many kings that gonna call i mean in his preflop range you, you think he's calling preflop with king eight or king seven no well, I, i think the king, king you you want to get value from the most is is all the king 10 suited combinations i don't know if your opponent calls king nine did you think he would yeah he's a okay he's an israel so you player. have you have <laughs> you have king nine king 10 if you have king jack you're gonna find you're here he's gonna find out about it uh but the the reason for me to check the flop would be if i assume my opponent will always bet Uh, ace 10 ace queen queen 10 queen 9 9 8 10 8 if he will bet all those because if he doesn't then I lose a street of value from those hands that will that will call me so that's the concern really uh, if he's tilted maybe he will maybe he'll just start firing at the pot but also when you check call this flop I feel like your hand becomes pretty face up as like je- like ace jack or a, like a weakish king but uh, Because if you had ace 10 ace queen queen 10 queen I, I imagine you'd just be betting this flop so I'd, I'd rather bet the flop my my range remains wider and I still get value from a lot of hands so that's why I would I would err towards betting the flop now if you're in a different kind of situation where uh, there's some ICM implications and maybe you don't want to have to get raised on this flop and fold your hand or you're near the bubble or something like that I would I, I maybe would start leaning towards playing it more passively but it wouldn't it wouldn't be my standard thing also like if versus versus anybody on a day one tournament I think I'm just going for value rather than than trying to like pot control with my top pairs so write it down you're wrong and I'm right. <laughs> Okay. There's never any one right way to play a poker hand, you know, but that's... I know, I know. But I think you, I think you get more good things that happen for you when, when you bet the flop. Okay, great. <clears throat> so, the turn is uh, 10 of spades, and it opens a flash draw on the board now. So, I, of course, check. Um, if, if it's, if it's not, not that obvious, so tell me, but uh, I check, and villain bets... 30 uh, 3500 which is around half pot I think yeah I didn't write it down but I think it's half pot around it didn't, didn't write the, the sum of the chips so far well you've got 5600 in the pot plus the blinds and Annies so we've got 6600 6800 yeah. in the pot yeah. yeah it's a it's a bit more than a, yeah. than a half a pot yeah and Okay, before I say what I did, uh, it's, it's an obvious call, right? Uh, yeah, I think you have too much equity in this hand to fold. Uh, the interesting decision is the turn to, is the decision to check. And I think the typical decision is to check. This is a card that improves your opponent's range a lot. 
and uh, you're you're not beating a lot that that now bets this turn, but you still have to call anyway, since uh, you you have you have you have outs to make the nuts. You have outs to uh, counterfeit your opponent if he's outdrawn you on the turn, and I, I think it's worth one more bet. That being said, uh, it, it's you don't make a lot of money when you do hit the nuts. Uh, Because I'm out of position. Yeah, yeah, and even if you were to lead, like, you you, you just don't see people bluffing on on four Broadway boards very much. So if he, if he's mostly just going to bet a queen if he has, if he's chopping with you and check back if he's not. So you don't really have any, any implied odds, yeah. but you probably get enough direct odds. To okay. Okay, you want to say something, Elkana? No, not, that's what was my thinking. Liar. Um, I, uh, will, <laughs> I would also say, though, that you can bet this turn, depending on who your opponent is. Uh, if your opponent is the kind of person that will keep calling... If, if, you, if you have reason to believe your opponent has more weak kings in their range... Um, maybe he maybe he does have king eight maybe maybe he'll call another barrel with king nine but not bet it himself um, same thing with like queen jack you can get you can get another you can get one more street of value for sure from queen jack and ace jack and jack nine here so you, there is an argument for betting the turn but I, it's it's very thin yeah I, I, I so. think if it was if the board on the flop was like king king eight seven or I, I don't know it, it's it was a more a dry board it's not that wet board but when like king seven deuce or something and I would bet the flop maybe I would feel more comfortable to bet the turn because then maybe I put more kings in his range if he called the flop on that board yeah I yeah I'm just saying that that uh when you check here you allow some hands to check back that would have called a bet that you are beating specifically ace jack queen jack jack nine and Uh, and king nine those are the hands you lose value from but the 10 completes uh queen nine ace queen king 10 jack 10 it's it's probably like pretty close yeah so it, it just depends on how many of like to tilt the scale if they have a few more weak kings if maybe they're just really fishy and they call here they will call another bet with 10 nine yeah. or queen 10 or, or something that they really shouldn't be calling two streets with then then maybe it, it could be it could be a, uh, a bet but I think the typical play is to check to check and call okay so um... the problem is though is when you do check call if you're if you're against a good player you Your hand is very face up because yeah. you'd be you'd be continue you'd be uh, firing a second barrel with with any real value hand here so yeah. it's you open yourself up to getting bluffed like if you're if you check this turn a really good player can just over bet the turn over bet the river and put you in the bin as they yeah. say <laughs> yeah I know it's a tough spot but yeah that's poker yeah <laughs> so the river it's the seven of spades and So it uh, completes a flashboard on the fl- on the on the board and I decide to check and villain bets 6400 which is um, again half pot. again half pot it looks very valueish and I'm in a very very hard spot and now you two will tell me if I ever can If I can can ever call here if I'm good on anything and then I'll say and then I'll no, say what I not did, what it's I did. not that uh, hard decision in my opinion I think it's a fold maybe you think a bit uh, like uh, 30 minutes 30 seconds I don't know you, you said you were in a, you, you went in a tank I don't know I think this is a fold because 
Uh, first of all, uh, you're you're on the bottom of your range. I mean, y you never had a, a, a weaker hand in that situation. So I think I mean you. He could have like queen ten or maybe. I don't. Maybe I mean, ace ten, ace jack. The only weak queen jack. Weak he could play those that I way. I can I can think of the only weak hand is queens. And you can play queens that way, sure. Yeah, and I don't know, and and even that, to that hand, I mean, he is. I I don't think he calls on the flop with like backdoor uh, flash draw, unless the the king was the 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 king of spades was on the board. He could call ace queen of spades, or he could call yeah, uh, maybe if the king was not a spade, he could call with king, king x of and, spades. And king yeah. x of spades, yeah, he will call. But uh, the thing or ace is, jack of spades, if that's uh, and that's possible. But he, queen I jack don't think of spades, this for this amount for this for this amount on the river that he bets. I don't think he's only represent like flash. He can represent ace queen or uh, queen nine or a uh, king ten, jack ten. Uh, pocket seven, of course. Uh, yeah. Pocket jacks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's hard to find. Uh, if you want to make this call, it's really hard to find his bluffs. He's got a lot of value. I don't know what he decides to bluff with. Like, I I don't know if on day one of a tournament like this, I I'm ready to give credit to someone for turning ace jack into a bluff here, for turning queen jack into a bluff. Uh, like it's really hard to find him. Like, okay, maybe he turns queen jack into a bluff and tries to get you off a off like ace king or king queen. That could be reasonable, but you also have a queen in your hand, so so there's that. Uh, jack ten beats you. I doubt jack ten bets the river. They don't go for thin value on the river. Uh, they just check he, back. He, I think he beats jack ten. That's what I mean. He's the other guy's not trying to yeah. go to value cut it himself with jack ten because yeah. he loses to a king, so he's just yeah. not going to bet it. So it's really hard. It's really hard to find his bluffs. And if I if I'm in a situation where my opponent's range is really value heavy and I am really struggling to find bluffs, then it becomes an easy fold. So then the next question would be, uh, I don't think you're good on this river almost ever. Uh, so the next question would be, is there any other way for you to win this pot? And if you do have something like the king of spades or the queen of spades in your hand, you could consider check raising the river and try to move him off of king 10, ace queen, queen nine, those hands. Uh, obviously, you get called by the boats, uh, but the boats are really only jacks and tens. Uh, so uh, unless for some reason, I mean, unless you're really screwed and he just happened to slow play king's preflop, which is which is unlikely, I think. Yeah. So you could also have sevens. He, one could have, combo. he could have sevens. Yeah. So his, his hands are sevens, tens and, and jacks. And you can move him off of, theoretically, you could move him off of king-jack, you could move him off of king-ten, you could move him off, off of ace-queen, and maybe you could even move him off of flush. You never know. So the, the, the question then becomes, do you ever play your value hands this way? So sometimes that doesn't matter, right? Because sometimes you're against an opponent that's not thinking that deeply and is just like, well, he might have a boat. I'm going to fold my flush. Well, he, this he could have a flush easily. I'm going to fold my straight. And they don't really think of how likely it is that you would play your hands that way because I think if you had, like, let's say you had, like, ace five of spades, I just think you would barrel this turn most often. Yeah, you do want to You do want to mix some checks in with, with hands like that to protect, like, what I said was your obvious capped range on the turn so theoretically you would want to mix in a few of those hands so that you can have some strong hands by the river including pocket kings pocket jacks but i just don't think people people do that enough and also you just want to get value if you've got pocket kings or pocket jacks you need to get value on this turn that brings a lot of hands equity so it's very rare you would play your boats this way and it's really hard to think of a flush that you would play this way like your only real flush that you might play this way is like 
king nine of spades if yeah. you opened that hand. I guess you could play king queen of spades that way. Like there's just a couple of combos. So if the king is a spade on your on this hand, you're really not gonna. It, it's not it's not credible to me. But like I said, sometimes people are on the are not quite on the level where they're thinking about is this yeah. the most probable way you would play those those super strong hands so so it's an option you can always think about doing that and if the king is not a spade you could you could represent that it's way better if you have that king of spades or the queen of spades in your hand then then i'd start thinking about it but my default would would be to fold okay yeah first of all i want to say to elkanah this is how real players analyze hands <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you'd I, go there. I knew you'd go there. Yeah, I'm like sitting here and I'm like, I have no clue in poker. <laughs> I mean, I'm, so, I'm such an amateur fish when she talks next to us. <laughs> well, so on the river, are you thinking, what are his I know, bluffs? I know. Can that, I find his bluffs? Okay, you know? so now let me... Because that's uh, the real key of yeah. the hand. So I, I went into the tank for like more than I should have, like four or, four or, four or five, uh, five minutes. And wow. I was... At some point, I was I stopped thinking about what he has, and because I tried to find find bluffs, and I said, okay, I don't see any bluffs here, unless he's a complete moron. This is this is what I thought to myself, and I didn't know that he's a complete moron. But for some reason, I looked for live tails, and as I said earlier, he was tilted, and he after he made the the bet uh, on the turn and on the river, he. He just stared at me for like oh there are people here and we can hear them through the <laughs> through the microphone so he just kept staring at me for like ever all my thinking time he was like looking at me like this so he's staring straight at me yeah for those of you who can't see so <laughs> I thought so first of all I was feeling really uncomfortable and it uh, clouded my judgment and second of all this is when I just said to myself, Fuck it. He looks like bluffing. I, I know he has no bluffs and I just called. I, I, was, I wasn't thinking. I was just like, okay, he keeps staring at me. I can't think. He looks like, uh, he look like, he looks like he's bluffing. I call and then just threw his hand to the muck and I took down the pot. Wow. And at break, he said that he had pocket fives and he turned them into a bluff on the river, on the, in the turn on the river. Okay. Well, before you said that, I actually wanted to say that sometimes your analysis is completely irrelevant because of the X factor in poker and people just show up with ridiculous things sometimes yeah. and they just decide like in a in a very uh, rounder style like this hand this time and you know <laughs> yeah. no no theory whatsoever so every once in a while you do see something like that but you really don't want to make decisions hoping that that's the case yeah like you want to you want to have your range analysis be the thing but it's you want to have your range analysis be the thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so it is amazing when this kind of thing happens but but it will happen in the other spots too where you have the appropriate section of your range to call and they and they, and and they'll show you that hand and be like how on earth did they have that hand but 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 most of the time I'm I would not be ready wrong. Yeah. yeah but good for you that you made the live read yeah. I mean that's that's a thing in poker too that's important to to qualify I would probably be looking more to those live reads if I had a little bit better of a hand like if I had something like aces I'd be I'd be a lot more interested I mean I'd probably call with aces yeah. but uh Bot bottom of your range yeah probably aces ace king maybe I could maybe see starting to look for this kind of thing it's not yeah. that much different but uh 
But yeah, good for you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I know. And I... also, like, you probably know the poker audience here better than I than I do. Maybe in in these types of tournaments, people just make moves too often, and they're you know they're more uh, willing Isra- to do this. Are Israeli players make moves that after you analyze them, you ask yourself, what the hell did he just do? I don't know. I never saw that kind of. <laughs> so. ne- no one. Oh, everyone's so tight in Israel. They just wait for the aces and play them and. and Never bluff in Israel. I don't know what you're talking so about. So if those are really prevalent factors, then you can start to adjust the, the range you want to call with and have it be wider. But, but against the player described, solid player, didn't yeah. play many hands. You thought he was a big tilted. You've seen him bluffing, but like... It's not eh. a good enough reason to call. I just couldn't think he was staring at me and I was like out of judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, totally. that's, that's one of those classic strong when weak things, like the intimidating, yeah. animalistic, like in-your-face kind of like thing. Like when, so. when they prepare their chips, when you prepare your chips to bet and they prepare their chips to call. And yeah. I, always, I always analyze this as weaknesses. Like he wants sh- to, want to show me that he's going to call anyway because he doesn't want me to bet. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm super happy you won the hand. I yeah. probably would have lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's great. Yeah. So, But don't uh, make a habit of it. No, you no, got, no, no. You got away with it this time. Yeah. Okay. So I, What would you have done if he bet like 12K on the river? I probably fold. Yeah. If, yeah. It, was a, if it was a polarized bet, I yeah. would probably fold. Yeah. Because I never get enough odds to, to call. Not that I get enough odds to call the, the 6-400 uh, uh, call, but it's too much if it was 12K. All right, so if the villain is listening to this podcast, work on your sizing yeah. with your no equity bluffs next yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, he played it really bad, so yeah. he doesn't... Or, or just don't do it and do it always yeah. against me. It's a really it's a really uh, ambitious float on this flop. I, I, I'm... I'm not that impressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to move cool. on to your hand. And your hand uh, came on... Much uh, more legitimate. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was uh, a, a slight better uh, tournament. <laughs> it was day one of the main event. Yeah. And okay, I'll, I'll just read it as you sent it to me. The blinds were uh, 250 and 500s, and you have 75K. And Annette, and you just wrote Annette. It's funny. And then I asked her, is it Annette Oberstad? And she said, oh, who, oh who yeah. Else, who else? <laughs> what other Annette is there? <laughs> yeah, but it was like, you see, we, we're talking about the regular Israeli funny. And she, no, she writes all, Annette. All, no, I just thought, I want to be on the table. I mean, with Melanie Weather and Annette Oberstad, why am I not sitting there? <laughs> Because you don't have 10K and you didn't want this tournament, the Spring Championship. This is why. Um, so Annette has around 45K and she opens, it's under the gun, to 1,025. Uh, the small blind calls and you call with 9-8 off. And le- now let's talk about the flop. The flop comes... Jack 10 for Rainbow with one heart. Uh, it checks around and... Okay, so we, uh, there, is there something to say about the, the flop? Um, I'll just give you guys some history. So uh, we had been... We, Annette and I had already gotten into several pots and, and I had just sort of gotten the better of her in the, in the few times before. I, there was actually one hand where I had the nuts and she... Uh, I think I had something like... ace three of diamonds and it came like a five deuce four flop with two diamonds and uh, 
I think I check called the flop or she check called the flop and check raised the turn. And then I just shoved because I just wanted to make sure I got value from a set. She ended up folding something like that. I don't remember what it was. Uh, but but at at this point in the time she she didn't know that I had that hand. We were on uh, the secondary feature table, but there wasn't streaming of our cards. Okay. So or there wasn't a whole cards shown. Yeah. There, there was streaming of our cards, but not whole cards shown. And aside from her, the rest of the table was really soft. But mm. she is an excellent player, and she was on my direct left, so it wasn't like the easiest table in the world. But uh, we had gotten into a few confrontations, and I had had the upper hand. Uh, most of the time. Okay. Um, but she wasn't doing anything crazy. She wasn't tilting. She was just playing well, I thought. Um, so her open under the gun is, I don't think at a at a primarily fishy table uh, where she has direct position on uh, her her one real competitor. I think I might have been missing somebody. There might have been one other pro at the table. I don't really remember, but I remember thinking the table was pretty soft overall. Okay. Um, so I think her under the gun range is strong. Uh, I think it's. I I think it probably includes. Uh, I'm not sure if it includes all pairs, but probably most pairs. Uh, maybe ace ten plus jack ten suited plus. I, I don't know really how wide she goes, um, but but decent. Uh, she has a small sizing, which which I think is fine for under the gun. I I think I would tend to make it a little more. Um, no matter what, but I think a small sizing is okay under the gun just because her range is so strong. Um, small blind called who had been, I don't remember too much about him. He was one of these players that I think wanted you to think that he was capable of making moves and like talk a big game about making moves. But whenever he really put all the money into the pot, he had it. Okay. That's what I remember about him. Uh, and I remember raising him on a, it was like a Jack seven, three board. And I raised his C-bet with king-queen, and he folded pocket eights and showed me. I, rem- I just remember that about him. And uh, he, he he was just one of those players that that's like, if you steal my blind again, like this time, like I'm going to get you. But but you you don't, you shouldn't adjust to that kind of player until they force you to adjust, not because they're warning you yeah. that you're going to have to adjust. So he wasn't, he wasn't really that much of a concern. I didn't think he was going to make any crazy moves and he ended up being irrelevant to the hand, but I assume he has a good hand at least. I, th- I assume he has like King Queen plus sixes <clears throat> plus, And I think he'd be three betting. Yeah. Queens plus. Obviously he didn't King. have King Queen here on this no, board. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't th- I think he just showed no interest. So I, I don't really know what he had. I th- I think it could have I think it could have easily just been like a small pair. Okay, so, so the turn was the Queen of Hearts. So you got the uh, bottom straight. Yes, yeah, so this gives me the third nuts and I wanted to lead. Uh I I don't think check raising this turn is that great. Because I never really have Ace King, uh, I guess I could once in a blue moon overcall with Ace King suited, um, but but typically I would just squeeze with Ace King. I think. Yeah. Uh, so I I and don't you, really. And you probably don't have Jacks or Tens here, also, right? No, I think with I think it's it's a disaster if I do have Jacks and Tens and I let it check around twice. Yeah. So I think most of my strong hands are going to be leading the turn and. And because most of my strong hands lead the turn, I also want to lead the turn with any bluffs, any hearts, anything like uh, 
ten nine. I don't I don't have too many bluffs really on this uh, on this board. Like most bluffs would be hearts. So I I I wouldn't I wouldn't have much of a check raising range on this turn. I would just be leading my strong hands, trying to get value. Uh, don't want to let it check around and give people free equity and. Uh, this definitely qualifies as a strong hand. <laughs> yeah. So, plus a lot of her check back range will be calling this turn. A lot of her check back range is stuff like ace 10, queen 10, uh, maybe like, maybe even like queen jack could check behind. Uh, I'm not really sure. She can, she can turn uh, two pair, like I said. She, yeah, but I have, I my range is stronger than yeah. hers. I have fours, I have tens, I have jacks. She doesn't have any of those hands. Um, the only hand she can really have is is Ace King that is yeah, beating yeah. me. I, I wrote some stuff here. Yeah. Let's see if we'll get to it. And she, after you bet to two thousand, she makes it six point five. Yeah. So and then the other guy folded. He had just shown no interest yeah. in the hand. So I'm just in like a really shitty spot right away on this yeah. turn because she she has all of the Ace King. Like I have I have a, a a range advantage in terms of numbers of hands that I can have on this turn. Numbers of strong hands. I can have tens, fours. Uh, jacks, queens. Uh, well, I'd probably three about queens preflop, but I have I can have jacks, tens, fours, uh, and straights and two pairs. And she, her only super strong hands can be queen ten and ace king. And I don't even think queen ten would raise my. She wouldn't uh, check back. She never checks back sets. No, no. Uh, we're jacks, really tens. we're really deep, and she's three way. She's just betting jacks and tens and fours on the flop. So. My range has more value hands in it, but her range has the nuts and mine doesn't. So that's why this is a really tough hand. And once she raises the turn, she basically is only repping the nuts. But yeah. she gets to do that because she has every combination of ace king in her range and she assumes that I have none. Uh, so it's I'm just being put in a super stuff. Tough spot on the turn, and almost nothing is going to change my decision on the river. You, you so can, you can't fold on the turn, definitely. It, it, well, can you? Can you find a fold? Honestly, I was considering folding the turn, but I think she can have a few bluffs, and those bluffs are hearts. Yeah, uh, maybe ace, like ace x of hearts. She King. could even have some some worse hearts that have like no showdown value. So she could have something like eight seven of hearts, maybe. Um, nine seven of hearts maybe I don't know if she opens that under the gun uh, so she can have some hearts and because of that I decided I was willing to call the turn and I would fold on a heart river and uh, but but you can make the argument for folding the turn because it's really it's really hard to assume she's going to just give up on the river after she ta- she takes this line she uh, it's it, it's almost impossible that she doesn't just bomb the river so it's a really shitty situation yeah yeah <laughs> and she has the advantage she does have all the ace king I have none of them and or almost none of them and she would play ace king this way uh maybe some uh, some listeners might be asking well if she has the nuts why wouldn't she just call the turn and hope that the small blind also calls but the small blind has shown no interest in the pot twice now he has checked it's checked around on the flop and he decided not to lead the turn so he doesn't have a lot of hands that are gonna call there so it is really just a heads up pot um so I think she should do exactly what she's doing with ace king and that's why it becomes such a tough decision because I'm just basically mm. in this hand hoping that she doesn't have ace king yeah and that's not really a situation you yeah. want to be in just no. hoping your opponent has the hand but my hand is just too good I think I think if I'm folding straights on this turn then I'm just folding a little bit too much um 
I, I'm not sure where I want to draw that line. Like, I, I probably also want to call two pair and stuff on this turn, but maybe I just maybe the added equity of that helps that decision, and maybe I just want to fold the rest aside from that. Um, and her her bluffs, her she has some bluffs though. So if, if she has if she has a hand like Ace Ten, that might be a good bluff. Um, if she has if she has a Ace of Hearts in her hand. Or even maybe like just Ace of Hearts with the ten, or I don't know Ace Ace of Hearts with the nine. Any two hearts, uh, Ace or otherwise, probably a decent play uh, because she can then make her hand or rep the nuts and get me to fold by the river. Sometimes I have hearts and I'm leading the turn, and if the river's not a heart, then she can just win. Yeah. So she has some options to win, and there are some bluffs, but I'm still just. In the bin. I am in the bin. <laughs> yeah. And you, uh, obviously, you called. Yeah. I did and, call. And the river was, it was a blank. It yeah. Was a the two, biggest blank that yeah, there is. Was yeah. Two, two Bills on the river changed yes. nothing, Lanta. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. It was my Norman Chad impression. And, of yeah. course, it's like you you see the deuce on the river and you know exactly what is going to happen. And you check. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know exactly what's going to happen because what if she bets like 30K on the river? You know, I... She bets 15. But by yeah. the way, she went, bets 15K. Yeah, she bet 15, which is still like big, but I... St- but It's like 90% of the pot or something like oh, that? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, so we had... The pot was like 13 on the turn and and uh, three-ish on the flop. So it's it's 16 and then... Oh, wait. No, so, I'm no, sorry. I, you're right. You're yeah, right. Well, it's, yeah. like, it's 16 on the river yeah. and she bet like 15. It's like 90% of the, of the, yeah, the it's pot. Still, it's still really big. But if she overbet, then I'm in an even worse spot because I have to be, I have to be right way more often. Uh, and some players would overbet this river. They'd go for like between 20 and 30 and just basically just say fuck you with their bet. Yeah. Like that's what that bet is, right? Yeah. Um, I guess she assumed that I had a calling range and a folding range and she wanted to uh, bluff oh I just gave it away she wanted to bet <laughs> she wanted to bet the most efficiently so if she thinks if she is bluffing and she thinks I'm gonna fold I'm gonna fold two pair and worse for the 15 and just call everything else there's no real reason for her to bet more unless she thinks I'm gonna hero fold more hands so I I, I like her size but it would have been harder for me to call I think versus versus 30 um, but yeah But I don't think she necessarily has to risk that all. Anyway, I did end up calling. Uh, I, I just felt that I was too I was too high in my range to fold. Uh, I beat a lot of her bluffs. I got the river that I wanted and that and I, I tanked a lot on the turn before calling because I sort of had to decide on that plan. Yeah. Uh, not to say that I don't ever change my mind depending on something that might happen. but but here I had sort of made up my mind uh, on the turn so I ended up calling and she showed ace 10 of spades, which I thought was a really well played bluff by her. Yeah. And uh, it just so happened that But I was too high. Look, Elkanah, I, I analysis the hand, which uh, nothing like Melanie did. But what did I write on the last line? I said, tough call, but I don't think I can fold. <laughs> call. You, you never fold. That's the thing. <laughs> you just call with top pair, which I, I told you, the, this is the, the worst hand you're going to... Well, in this case, your top pair call would have been good as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah you, King queen off. You should call this flop. But, but just, just, to, just to look at it from her perspective, look how strong her play is. If the hand I have to call is a straight, like yeah. if I'm folding everything else, you know, her play is, is really, really strong. It's really credible. And that's, that's what you want. Uh, in a, and she did the, the, the 
turn rate, she did it with like almost no equity to improve. I mean, she didn't have the hearts. Right. No, she she's so that, looking for I mean, her only her only uh, winning hand is a king. But but she blocks she blocks the nuts. She blocks hands like ace queen. Uh, and she with with a 10 in, in her hand, she also blocks the sets of 10s. So I think she just assumes you never, you, I don't you don't think you squeeze with it with 10s. From the big blind I think no in the main event versus a small blind flat I don't think so I don't think there's a lot of value in that also um, the, 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 I, I wrote depends some on notes. the people yeah I wrote some notes about this and I mean I can't I can't think what uh, Annette Oberstad plays but uh, she you, you are you sure like 100% she would uh, uh, bet she would check the flop with like a set I am 100% sure she would not check the flop with the set. I mean, she, she, you think but she that's would... not why she's making this play. She's making this play because she's. I don't think she's trying to rep a set. I think she knows that I have the sets and she doesn't. When she checks the flop, she knows she do, she doesn't rep the sets. Like, There's no reason for her to give a free card. Like, If it, if it was Jack, six, deuce, maybe she'll check behind Jack's. Oh, okay. But I think when when this hits a lot of our flatting range, like she wants to get value from all straight draws, all top pairs, all middle pairs. There's no reason for her to check behind with jacks or tens. So I, I don't think she does this because she believes it's credible that she has sets. I think she does this because she blocks some of my strong hands. It's not because she reps them herself, but just makes it less likely. And it's credible for her to have the nuts. So it, she would play the nuts this exact same way. So kind of why not? Yeah, yeah, you can't see, but we're we're just looking. Oh my God, this is poker. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's pretty crazy, but it's it's just it it just goes to show you how these these uh, when you're when when you do bluff and someone's range is capped, right? So my my range is capped at at a really strong hand, but still capped, right? So my I, I can never have the nuts. And when you, when you make these bluffs where you have hands that are blocking the nuts, have hands that are blocking other other strong hands and are extremely credible because this is, this is exactly how you would play this hand and it's very likely that you have this hand, you put everyone else in these really shit spots. And that's why she's such a good player because she recognizes it and she's willing to execute. And I think uh, she was just unlucky that I happened to have 9-8 because I probably would have folded almost everything else. I would have, I'm, I'm probably calling King 9-9-8 and probably folding almost everything else I don't I don't know what I want to do with a set um, she could also have 9-8 right she could have 9-8 suited yeah. um, and she knows that I don't have ace-king and so she's only losing to king-9 so she might go ahead and do this for value so her worst hand might be 9-8 she, she doesn't open with king-9 would she play this way against a weak player <clears throat> probably uh, not I believe probably not right she would probably it's hard to say because because versus a weak player She might just go ahead and bet ace king on the flop like yeah. he, because she she assumes she has more ways to win the hand however three way it it might not be so good versus a small blind flatting range so she might not do it anyway but the weaker the player is the more profitable your bet with ace king on this flop would be um I also think it would depend her turn play would depend on what she thinks of her opponent like if she she's watched her opponent and her opponent has shown like they only care about the cards in their hand did they match the board they don't care what you're doing they're just exactly. calling if they have a, <clears throat> a decent hand and they're folding it down they're not talking themselves into a fold because you rep ace king this is so, what, I, what I was talking about because I went against a weak player she wouldn't do all this leveling in her head and she wouldn't think okay he, what he thinks that I have and what he thinks that I think he has Yeah, it's not it's not a crazy amount of leveling it's just understanding where what she represents with her range and and where I am in mine yeah. 
Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily a leveling war, but you you just can't you just can't uh, always represent those hands. This is actually something I was talking about in my in my talk um, that that these people will execute these elaborate bluffs and they'll be like, I played so perfect and there's no way this guy could have called and can you believe this? He called me with this. Well, it's not because this guy's playing wrong. It's because you're playing wrong, expecting this guy to be able to read your bluff and, 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 and knowing what your opponent is able to perceive is, is half of this. So maybe she wouldn't against, against a different kind of opponent, but that kind of opponent would have just had to prove that he is really sticky. He's calling down with whatever. He doesn't care what you're representing. And versus that kind of player, you can just exploit them really hard in other ways. You can just, you can just bet much thinner for value. You can just value bet all your hands for more. So you don't need to do this against that kind of player. Yeah. Okay, okay. Cool hand, though, right? Yeah, yeah. very cool hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, which main event was it? I think it was well played all around. Uh, yeah. This was main event last year. Last year. Yeah, day oh. one. Okay. Okay, so uh, if we're talking about uh, main event, we're going to do like a WSOP preparation, a quick WSOP preparation with Melanie. You're probably going to be there, right? Yep. Okay. So you want to tell us uh, what tournaments are you going to play um, at What, what, what are you gonna do what what is your plan for this summer in Vegas so uh, I don't have the <clears throat> most <laughs> concrete plan uh, and that's for a couple reasons uh, one I am gonna go to Wimbledon this year oh so, the, the, the tennis championship yeah it's yeah. Uh, it's been on my mom's bucket list for ages and each year I tell her like I can't it's the WSOP but this year it will coincide at like if I bust the main event, enough early I'll, I'll make it <laughs> but I don't think I I'm gonna skip it <laughs> so it'll be like well if I make a deep run I'll have to miss part of it or, or whatever so I I will be doing that um and that that's gonna be a heavy amount of travel so I might just keep it a little lighter before then um also I I find that in in all the previous years where I've kind of camped out in Vegas for the whole summer I get really burned out really quickly so I kind of want to take breaks here and there as I as I see fit I'll definitely come for like the first maybe 10 days and then the, the next stint of 10 days where I, I I don't know which tournaments it is maybe millionaire maker and 888 turn there's there's another like chunk there's a couple of chunks yeah, where I know that look really attractive uh, so I'll definitely be there for those and I'm just not sure what's gonna happen kind of in the middle I, I imagine Melanie's mom calling her in the middle of the main event just just shove your stack and come to London now <laughs> <laughs> yeah my mom my mom is is great uh, with tournaments she's she's a big anti-sweater not for me but for my opponent so anytime I'm eliminated from a tournament yeah. she will rail the tournament rooting for that person to lose that oh. took my chips <laughs> and she'd be like that should have been you this this asshole like this 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 finally he lost and she'll so she's she's really good for that um, so she doesn't like uh, Alex Ke at all <laughs> well Alex Keating didn't take my chips no I know yeah I just I just, I just but she did rail she railed that guy who took all my chips with the five three and then she like gave me the updates of what he busted with or something I'm yeah. like thanks mom doesn't matter yeah <laughs> um, uh, Yeah, that. No, I, I wanted to, to ask you again about the, the that you come with, with like 
usually I see poker players just like planning their their summer planning the the Vegas trip like they have a schedule for each day which tournament which buying how many bullets they're gonna put and you're just like coming oh, yeah I might play this one I might play this one I might I might play this one I I'm gonna have I'm probably gonna sit down uh, maybe like a week before and and try to make something like that out but I also think that you That in these tournaments you want to be kind of careful about over committing yourself I like to be very particular with with my mindset and make sure that I really want to play each event that I'm gonna play so I I I try to just check in with myself a lot do you really want to do this today are you <laughs> like is this uh, so I I will give myself that flexibility I do make a schedule um, but but I, I I'm not gonna play for an event that day if I'm if I'm not feeling it because it's kind of just lighting money on fire like you feel obligated you're like okay this is the best time of the year it's the best money-making opportunity but it, you don't want to be putting yourself in a suboptimal mental state to do it so exactly that, that's what I was uh, I wanted to say I mean I never come to like if if I had gone to to Europe to to uh, uh, my WSOP is like five days at the uh, Rosvado or something like that yeah and the King's casino yeah so if I if I I never come with any plan any any schedule I mean I, I'm coming to play poker if I w- want to play poker I will play poker if I don't want I will just stay stay in my room I just w- whatever whatever happens happens I don't I don't know I, I think mean. it is good for most people to have a really set structure I just think at the W like and you you therefore commit yourself to a plan a bankroll that whole thing I just think that for the summer because there is multiple tournaments every day that if you do commit yourself to that kind of schedule you can get burned out very quickly and then you feel obligated to to play something crazy so yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I do think that it... Where is I'm trying to, I'm to picture So I think for most people, a schedule and a, and a pretty set structure can be important, especially if you're operating under a limited bankroll or a special bankroll for, for the series. Um, well I have no bank or just <laughs> I, I come to, to, to the to the casino I just spend all my money and, and leave that's, well, that's there the you way go. to do it yeah. <laughs> do you sell as part of your action I do yes you want to uh, offer to our listeners maybe they want to buy in <laughs> sure they could just message me on Twitter if, if they want any uh, I usually sell it to a specific friend or two yeah um, but sure yeah if yeah. anyone wants so if you want to sure. buy in for a Melanie's action just Twitter um, so but I'll definitely I'll definitely play the highest value events and the main event and some satellites I'm sure yeah, yeah. I love it I love it that the, the main event is not among the the most valued event I mean it's well it is the most it is the most valuable event and it's the most special event I mean, really. it's 10k to, right? it's, it's 10k to get in and like you have to Six thousand players who doesn't cash probably like eight oh that doesn't cash yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah that's that's a it's part amazing of the most valued it is a, it's an amazing tournament and it's really special and everyone that plays that tournament can feel that it's special it's very electrifying and and uh, the the atmosphere is is drooling <laughs> <laughs> and you can uh you know you can satellite in because they have tons and tons of mega satellites mm. running for five hundred dollars one thousand dollars whatever and they're huge and they pay out hundreds ah, of seats so, small, small money so you, you could <laughs> you could try yeah 
<laughs> and they they do it on the the wsop.com they have a 25 seat or 50 seat guarantee for 250 yeah bucks. you forgot this is yeah. israel we don't have online poker yeah. here well if you go to <laughs> vegas then you can play yeah the, on the wsop.com so if some of our listeners go to vegas and they're like first timers on wsop or first timers on the main event they, they, they like amateurs what special tips can you give them I think that a lot of people get very caught up in feeling like they need to do something different in the main event. And that is true because it, it is a different event. It's a two-hour structure. It's a, really, it's a really deep structure. So you, it's not that you don't want to pay attention to that, but people get so caught up doing it, they start playing a game that's just not theirs. And then they feel like uncomfortable or they feel like they're getting run over or they feel like they don't know what to do or they feel like they're playing too tight. And it's, it's a million things can happen like that and that just runs them into the ground and, and they, they just, they end up feeling really unhappy with the way they played their game. Uh, so don't be in a situation where you feel like you, your game is not enough because you, firstly, when you enter... At, at that point when you enter the tournament there's not too much you can do now yeah, to you improve your game <laughs> you know yeah. you have you or, or you know a week before or whatever it's not like you can drastically uh, change your entire game I mean I work with uh, when I coach my students and we prep for the WSOP we start working several months in advance at the very least uh, to do something like that so the the week before or the day before when you sit down with your, with your chips is not the time to change your game plan that's the time to I, I think maybe like during a, a week before the WSOP I would sit down I wouldn't play poker like right before either like you don't want to be playing you A cash session all night the day before I'd get stuck $500 and be tilted going in the main event so take a day off and and relax but I think I think maybe check in with yourself and honestly ask well if you have if you have time in advance if you do have a few months in advance then you can ask yourself what are my weaknesses what do I want to work on uh, do I want to get coached do I want to read a book do it whatever and then you can actually put some thought in how you want to improve your game but at the time you can also just check in with yourself and And be like what are the strengths in my game what do I want to focus on the things that you feel that you are good at in the game and how can I how can I pay attention to that while understanding this is a deep tournament this is a special tournament I don't want to just dust off all my chips in the in the beginning level but but I I want to focus on my strengths maybe it's reading people maybe it's maybe it's playing small pots like what whatever you think you are good at don't don't just mm-hmm. discount all of that because this is a new and crazy and big and scary event like it's still a game of cards everyone's playing the same as you trust yourself to evaluate what's going on and play your game and what you feel you're good at and if you feel like you have some weaknesses like then then just be honest with yourself identify them and try to stay away from those areas if you if you feel like you You're not really sure uh, what to be doing with middle pairs do you maybe you think you overplay them maybe you think whatever then just err on the side of of being more conservative with them and 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 try to make make big hands before you go crazy um, and and don't- Mel- Melanie says just fold <laughs> <laughs> well you Well, well, the truth is, in the main event, it, you have an incredible structure. So you can play tight. But you, it's a tournament, so you, you want to accumulate chips. You can just be more selective with the spots. So you, you don't, you're not forced into, into making a lot of moves necessarily early because the blinds are going to eat you up. That's just not going to happen. You, you can play like the first day like a cash game. Yeah. Um, But I like to go into these tournaments and every tournament really, uh, just kind of sitting down without necessarily 
any specific game plan. I don't sit down and I think, okay, today I'm going to bluff everybody at the table or I, today I'm not going to run any bluffs. I don't think anything like that. I don't I don't sit down and say, I'm going to play tight aggressive. I'm going to play loose aggressive. I just sit down at the table and I pay attention to what everyone else is doing and I try to see what warrants adjustment in what ways. And so that means that Every year I play differently, completely differently. Uh, some some years I'll be playing extremely loose, tons of my hands, raising them a lot. Some days, I'll, some some events I'll be playing way more passive, way more trappy, uh, and a, anything in between. Whatever is warranted by the table, I I never try to pressure myself into playing in a style or a way that I'm uncomfortable with because I think I'm supposed to. And and that's where I think people get into a lot of trouble uh, putting this kind of pressure on themselves and then they end up playing in a way that they don't usually play and then they regret it. So if you get crushed playing your game to the best of your ability, then all's fair. You know, that good game, that's how it goes. But if you get crushed because you think you're supposed to be doing something that you're not doing and then you get involved in these hands where you have no idea what what's going on and and you feel like you're playing someone else's game then that's a that's not the feeling you want to leave with the main event so I would say I would say play your game trust yourself take some time before the event to try to identify what your strengths and weaknesses are get some feedback from someone else uh, if you can about that if you don't feel you can be uh, uh, good, in that sort of critical fashion and and just go in and and compete like really compete because that's the fun that's yeah. the fun of it is that a good answer <laughs> that, that was an amazing answer i think i'm gonna hear it in repeat <laughs> every poker tournament i play uh, yeah I'm gonna... is elkanai speechless <laughs> <laughs> actually yeah i am uh, all i can think i mean All I can think is, uh, all I can think of is Vegas and the fucking mirage you know <laughs> so so yeah it's about it I mean every time someone mentioned the main event and and when Melanie talks about it with like I you get, need I get goosebumps no it's not the main event, no really. it's not the like goosebumps it's just like she she talks about it it And uh, she played it she played it since when was your first time I think my first one was 2009 wow so this will be my 10 year anniversary oh my god yeah. amazing you see, so, so it? it was Peter Eastgate who won 2009 2009 yeah no, I think it was, it was it was it was Kata in 2009 maybe Peter Eastgate was 08 so, so Kata Joe Kata was yeah. 09 who is still a huge beast by the way yeah, yeah. wow we've seen him in yeah. this year's uh, crazy final table Oh my God <laughs> that was that was yeah very, I see very you, nice. you wrote here on the on the lineup you wrote tips on how yeah. to go, to run good in the main event yeah Melanie may she made a joke <laughs> about it before we started recording and, yeah, I, I think she just gave us tips on how to try and run good in the main event just just pick up pocket aces try, if you, try let's see if you can try do that and just keep on going from there yeah yeah I just think there's a lot of pressure in that tournament already and you don't need to put additional pressure on yourself do you, do you get uh, when, when you obviously you play poker for a living so you're not as excited of when you sit in a poker table as us but when you sit in the in the in the Amazon room definitely are you get excited uh, for sure and I still get excited when I'm in a big pot like I my heart starts beating and and all that so it's it's definitely all still there it's just heightened because the main event and the possibility to to win such life-changing money on this on this stage 
Oh, no, I'm, I'm not talking about the money. I mean, when I'm thinking uh, main event, I'm not talking about the eight million. On the top. No, I'm talking about the main event. Yeah. Cameras, ESPN. Yeah. yeah. Lon McCarran, Norman Ched. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I've, had a, I've had more experience over the years being on TV and stuff, but when I was in my first televised event, which was Poker After Dark, I, I was extremely nervous. I played terribly. I remember that one. And I, I, I just, like, was... It was a mess. But now, after I've been on TV like a lot over the past ten years and played so many main events, it it's it feels a lot more comfortable. And that's you know that's part of the edge for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you want to go to the Facebook activity, or you want to? Do you have any more questions about? No, that? I have a lot of more questions. Me, me too. Me too. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, you told me not to look at the time, but. Uh, We, we, we don't want it to be two hours episode two, two hour episode no so I have don't we <laughs> if you if you want we, we can ask you questions no, I mean, all day long I mean for I think our listeners will be uh, a little bit more forgiven if, yeah. if we just we, we'll stretch it a little bit more so I, I have some questions I want to ask yeah. like some of them are like uh, uh, serious uh, legit question like what's the the highest buying event you ever played or uh, highest buying event I mean the highest buying event I ever played was actually that first poker after dark it was a fifty thousand dollar oh yeah uh, well, uh, sit and go so that's probably also part of the reason I was so nervous uh, and you, that remains that with, remains with the like, biggest the, yeah. I remember like uh, Duan and uh, it was Duan uh, Chris Ferguson, Annette, I think No, it no. was it was like the online Young Guns versus Doyle. So it was Dwan, Annette, uh, Andrew Lichtenberger. Oh, uh, yeah. And me and Doyle and uh, Eric Baldwin. That was the lineup. Okay. It's, it's a nice, it's a nice, uh, nice table. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not willing to pay $50,000 to play with these. I, 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 to, just to sit at the table... I, That's way above my but, line. but you, you did you did started on, in online poker right uh, yeah. your, your career yeah w- when was it was it two two thousand and what six seven five well I have been playing professionally for about 12 years so 2007 ish is when I was like pro but I probably started in 2005 yeah oh, the poker boom yeah Yeah, the and poker boom, for sure. And I was playing low stakes. So I was playing $5, $10, $3. Yeah. The 11 rebuy on Poker Stars was, was the, the one I always wanted to win. I would like look at that tournament and be like, wow, $15,000 for first. I'm going to win that tournament someday. How many and then I won it three times outright. Oh. Yeah, I won the 11 rebuy on Poker Stars three times. So one of them was when I was... A sophomore in college and I had just moved in to the dorm with my new roommate and she's like oh you know like tell me about yourself and I was like oh I play online poker in fact I'm gonna play a tournament right now she's like thinking I'm crazy like what's going on this girl she plays then, no, she you... plays poker and she proceeds to win me she proceeds to watch me in that very night win like fourteen thousand dollars winning that tournament and she was just out of her mind she was losing it so it was it was a really fun night that one she, night. she oh is In the same way in this, that day on she always looked at her like oh my god this is the, the crazy girl who, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly who just won thousand of dollars in one night yeah so that but the but the biggest one actually does remain the poker after dark from 2010 that was a huge buy-in so another question I wanted to ask you is not that much about yourself but you probably get a lot of like questions about women in poker and, all the time uh, yeah yeah 
where it's like why why aren't there so much so so many uh, uh women but you you belong to other like uh, uh, uh i forgot the word like uh mute I forgot the word either. You have yeah, a black heart. Minority, minority. Minority, yes. That's, that's you, you belong to another minority. Why do, do you think there are no, there are no such many uh, uh, redheads in poker? It's <laughs> <laughs> a serious uh, question. Redheads are a, are a low distribution of the population in general, so it naturally yeah. means there will be fewer. <laughs> yeah, you're like a, an extinct... Uh, an ex- yeah. yeah, you're like an extinction danger. Great question, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there should be more redheads in poker. There should be more redheads and there should be more women. Um, but, yeah. but I don't think it's, it's likely to ever approach um, parity. I don't think... I mean, I think even if the female presence improves in poker uh, for, for various... Tr- truthfully biological factors reasons I think that that n- it won't be parity I think there are many social factors that could influence women getting in poker but I don't think it would ever be 5050 so uh, I found out today actually speaking of uh, female in poker you want you you are the only one to win two uh, EPT uh, ladies event that's true I am uh, <laughs> and, and that no, was back I, in the day but I, it was very cool at the time yeah, yeah. And, I, I, uh, and I'm just thinking suck on that Phil I mean you, you'd never go, go this far no I mean they're they're small they're small EPT events uh, the one one of my one of my wins was was a bigger one um, that I think was one of the biggest ladies events in the Monte Carlo grand final so it was a bigger it was a bigger buy-in and, and a bigger pool but typically there's there's smaller events and smaller events are easier to win that's why the 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 high roller circuit with you know the same 20 30 players there are people with so many titles so it is it is easier to win for sure than a than a main event but have, it's also I, cool yeah yeah no <laughs> I, I I'm thinking okay you're a well-known poker player but I guess that sometimes when you get to sit at the table when 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 there are there are people who doesn't know you okay or or, or it doesn't happen sometimes anymore. yes sometimes, and I'm yes. still wondering because I see it a lot that when a woman sits in a poker table some men just you look at her as a, like a prey like okay she's a woman I'm gonna bluff all I'm gonna bluff her off every hand and she's weak and stuff that does it still happen or or do um, you see do you see it's in do you doesn't see it anymore it it's rare but it still happens occasionally um it, it just depends it's not always the same thing every time like it, it's it's rare but but people you Um, when it when it does happen people tend to just over adjust one way or the other they assume oh I'm a pro uh, I gotta out bluff them or outmaneuver them and they play recklessly and too aggressively or she's a girl when she bets it that means she has it I'm gonna just fold really too tight to her so it, it's just a question of identifying to which direction they will be yeah. overcompensating but that I It, it it's also these people are overcompensating due to other reasons than besides me being a female so everyone's always a little like doing something wrong in one of those directions so it's just it's just another sort of uh, evaluation I guess it doesn't happen that often um, and I don't think I don't think I'm run over that much really I don't I don't I don't get the feeling like people are just trying to bluff me all the time because I'm a, a girl and if I get that feeling then I'll just try to call down more so I don't 
it doesn't really present me so much of a problem as just another piece of the puzzle. How does this person view me and how will that affect yeah. their deviation versus my play? Okay, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's nice to hear. Here in Israel, I can say that I see it all the time when but yeah. in Israel the, the girl poker player the, the girls are way weaker what, but, what but can I do? that's your job to stereotype the players at your table so it's not what you want to do socially when you are meeting someone or judging someone's character but at yeah. the poker table your job is to analyze your opponents and stereotype them and, and utilize as little in the, the little information that you have to make the decisions that you can so I would also typically view an unknown female player as generally weak but I would view most unknown players as weak uh, and female players fall into that stereotype because biologically they are not um, As aggressive as men they are they are more men are more risk tolerant men are more aggressive men have more uh... it's funny you say that after you met Annette Oberstein <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it's and, and again this is not every woman and but but the typical way that they air and the way and I view myself as an example for that when I first started in poker I was too passive I was too tight I wanted to make the nuts before I bet my hand like all of that all of that stuff so it's not it's not for every woman but most more than more than uh, the average of amateur woman would err to that side and for men it can kind of go either way sometimes people are too reckless it's easy to spot and sometimes people are too tight takes a little longer but um, it's your I think it's your job to, to use those stereotypes and obviously once someone does something to give you a better indicator of how they play you can adjust that that stereotype but I think you kind of have to do that at first you have, okay you, you have any more questions no I think uh, I got it I, 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 I have so you, many but uh, I, I, I mostly wanted to ask the right head questions so, so that's, yeah, that's behind me and, and, and we need to leave some taste for her next visit because she's here like every two years or something and she'll come I actually might be back in August so I'll let you know okay so you'll come you'll come to tell us about uh, how was your Vegas trip yeah if sure. you come uh, well, well it can't be it can't go worse than last year so, <laughs> so. okay okay so Uh, we actually made um, a Facebook activity uh, around your um, your arrival to this episode we didn't tell our viewers that you're coming but uh, we did um, we posted uh, we, we made a post on uh, Facebook who we asked our listeners to uh, tell us which celebrity no may no doesn't matter if it's fictional or uh, or a real person they want to play with the in poker and they should explain why and we give away a prize El Kana we, we have a sponsorship so you want to read yeah, the, the this, this week this episode prize is, uh, is sponsored by uh, the winner of this content this activity will win uh, entry to the Pedro Poker Tour uh, I will do this in Hebrew if you don't mind okay go for it because uh, uh, better better <laughs> okay in Baya okay <laughs> You see, I, I got the, the permission. Uh, now, uh, afterwards, we'll see if you know how to curse in Hebrew. So, I as, do. So, as you remember the event of Pedro Poker Tour, in the event of 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 אחלה טורנירים, אחלה אנשים, ואולי נתראה בבוקרסט. אמת, הלוואי, הלוואי כולנו. 
And now we're going to just uh, read some of the funny and it, they, our listeners were so original in their comments. They were so funny. And you, you, uh, last time we did it, we actually picked the winner before. But now we decided, no, Melanie is going to help us pick the winner. And we're going to read some of the very funny comments and we'll okay. translate them. Uh, to English I was just thinking about who I would want to play with <laughs> I, I'm not really sure but my mind is very on Game of Thrones right now so we I'm... have some questions <laughs> of, we have some comments regarding Game of Thrones yeah we have they some... would be tough to play against I but think but the thing is I, uh, I think there are like 20% of the, you know, the answers were Game of Thrones related yeah and I did I, I don't see I don't watch Game of Thrones so, so and I still understood uh... the references boom I just said I'm still understand the references. I, I can hold a conversation about Game of Thrones. But I, we don't want you to be able to hold a conversation about Game of Thrones. We want you to watch yeah. Game of Thrones. We, we want you me, in the she, same boat with look, us. No, she looked at me like, if you don't Burning watch... Burning in Blackwater will, Bay. Yeah. <laughs> Melanie just looked at me. If, if you don't watch, I will burn you. Yeah. <laughs> so who, who, who would you want to play with? I don't know. I was just thinking it would be cool. It would be cool to play with Melisandre. Okay. I don't know. I think, I, I think it would be... Because the night is dark and full of bad bits. I don't know. <laughs> turns, okay. turns the card into flames. Yeah. I don't know. No. So a lot of them went to, to like wordplay jokes, which, which, which is great by me, but uh, you don't want to... Uh, well, yeah, you, you want to you read some and I read some. You read one and I'll so, go the way. So uh, uh, Kfir Cohen, one of my favorite ones, he played also Game of Thrones. He said he wanted to play with Varys. Uh, yeah, because because he, he doesn't have the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. That's good. It's funny, yeah. And uh, another one, uh, Tom Elman uh, said that he has got to play with the Teddy KGB because and he'll bring with uh, with uh, he'll bring uh, an Oreo uh, Oreo box. Yeah. Oreo chocolate box, and uh, right before they begin, he will uh, pull it out and he will put it on the table and said, "Are you hungry, Teddy?" Cute. Melanie Weisner just said you're cute. <laughs> so uh, Tal Luria said, uh, I have to play with Dr. Strange. Maybe one out of 14 million times I will win. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I saw that movie. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we too, I did. My wife is a Marvel fan, like a fanatic fan of uh, Marvel. Isn't fan is a short of fanatic? I, I think, think it actually yeah. is so short for fanatic fan. Yeah. So um, uh, Eliasaf Duel just uh, said he wants to play with uh, William and Harry because uh, in Hebrew it sounds better because Jacks always lose because, okay. it, because it's a prince. Right. They're both princes. Yeah. Uh, prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Cute. Hebrew sounds better, yeah. Yeah, it sounds better in the Hebrew. One, the one joke that Hebrew gets the, the upper hand. Yeah. So... Uh, uh, Adi Gross wants to play against Martin Luther King and uh, uh, holding ace high and just saying, what you got, Martin Luther King? Yeah. Cute. Cute. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to read one that made me laugh so hard. Do you know, uh, do, do you know something about soccer? No? Something. Yeah. So there is a famous uh, goalkeeper, which his name is uh, Buffon, he's Italian, and his name is Gianluigi, and his nickname is Gigi. So he said he want to play with Buffon, so in the end of the game you can say, Gigi, Gigi. <laughs> I was peeing oh, my pants. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it was very hilarious. So another one is by uh, Eli Ashkenazi. He said he wants to play with Pablo, Pablo Escobar and take like a big, win a big part of him, off of him and say, okay, I'm, I'm out. 
just okay. Yeah, that's that's it for me. I just won like. Yeah, that's it. He wanted, wants to hit and run, Pablo. Escobar. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dudi Avram said he wants to play with Jon Snow because he knows nothing. <laughs> <laughs> We're yeah. a couple of, of good. Yeah, we'll just do a couple more and then we'll decide. Uh, do, you have, you, do you have a favorite? I have, I have. You have one, yeah. okay. Okay, so. so we'll do two last ones. Uh, somebody, okay, it was Sharon Shraga who said he wants to play with Stevie Wonder and if he will raise, he will just sing him. I just called to say. Cute! <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and last one? Last one. So, uh, what? I w- we'll find it. Yeah, we'll find it in a minute. It's okay. Which one? Which one? Uh, where was it? Okay, okay. We'll find it. We'll find it. No, I think that's that's the, okay. the only one. Okay. Okay, so I, I actually have a favorite. What's yours? I think my favorite is the Varus. Because yeah, he doesn't have the too. nuts. Yeah. It close, the GG one is really funny. Yeah, the GG was my, my favorite, but it's two against one. I so think the Varys has Varys to win. Run. It's so oh, good. Uh, Kfir uh, Cohen, <laughs> which is also a very good player. I know him personally. Oh, uh, forget so him you, then. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can uh, <laughs> just uh, text us on Facebook and uh, we, will, we will be in touch. Yeah, we will uh, just uh, deliver you the, uh, the entrance to the tournament. Uh, and we managed to, to talk about Game of Thrones without uh, dropping any spoilers. So. Yeah, it's, you know it's the last episode of, this, of the series this Sunday. I have no idea. No, I But know. Did, did you watch it while you were, you were I here? I did. We, I went to a viewing party here. Yeah, oh, it was it, really it's fun. It's so cool. Yeah. It's like they, they had cheering every time something good happened. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then like when, when Cersei walked down the stairs. Yeah, and don't spoil. You know, I don't won't spoil, spoil yeah. but, I, but we all laughed. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, oh, what? Okay, we just spoiled it. <laughs> no, it doesn't give yeah. away anything. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, so now before we, we wrap it up, and I don't want to wrap it up because it was so fun, but uh, my wife will probably ask why I'm not still at home <laughs> to, uh, because the, the kids uh, drive her crazy probably. So um, we'll just uh, do um, like a few, uh, I wrote some quick and funny uh, questions. It's like a... Um, It's like uh, uh, you need to answer fast and then you, un- you need to understand, uh, you need to explain why you uh, answer this way. Okay. So, first of all, okay, it will start uh, pretty light and then we'll go to uh, some more nice things. Favorite poker hand? Don't say aces. <laughs> uh, something, something. I think my favorite poker hand is ace king of clubs. I really like that hand. I love clubs. The pros call them puppy feet. Do you guys know what I'm referencing? Yeah. No. So there's this amazing series that I watched way back in the day. It's called, it, it's, uh, called Secret System. It's a parody. Okay. Uh, of, and the guy is Bill Philmath, and he parodies Phil Hellmuth. And he shows like, some videos, and he's always going on rants. It's hilarious at the time. Uh, so I always loved clubs because, because of his little joke about puppy feet. And uh, I really enjoy playing Ace King. Uh, I, I, I like a lot of hands. Like, yeah. I enjoy getting dealt aces the most, but I, of course. I think Ace King is... A B- Ace King suited as a beautiful hand to receive. Okay, okay, that's nice. I wanted to ask you of clubs, diamonds, hearts, or spades, but uh, like you just, clubs, you yeah. just answer. Toughest opponent, opponent you ever played? Uh, toughest opponent I ever played? Um, ooh. Well, at the time, I had a really... 
I had a really tough time with a guy who's a really good friend of mine now. Uh, his name is uh, Dan DePasquale, and he played online uh, by the name of Carrie Hero. And I was playing him in Heads Up, Sit and Goes, and he would always just hand my ass to me on a platter. And wow. eventually, I made friends with him so that he would stop sitting me. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> he was he was very tough. And also another very, very valuable friendship. Yeah. Also another guy. Uh, on, the online name of Sixth Sense, kind mm-hmm. of a kind of a legend. Uh, always sort of had my number. I played with him live in several EPT events, Heads Up and WSOP Heads Up, the 10K. And he just, he was just one of those people that, whether it's through hand distribution, maybe they are really a genius, like you never really know, but they just get you every time. They always call you when you're bluffing. They never call your value bets. Like every time you get it all in, like they have you. It was just, this was the kind of guy. They, they he always, always had my it. number. Yeah. yeah. He, th- they were very, very tough for me to play against. Um, in tournaments, it's a little bit different because you so rarely sit with the same yeah. people. But these were people I was playing heads up with all the time. So I was very... Um, accustomed to to having to play many many hands with them. Nice. Yeah. Favorite casino. Favorite casino. Uh, cas- like casino casino or a uh, place uh, I've fa- played poker. Favorite poker room. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll adjust. It's a, it's a poker it's a po- poker podcast, not a blackjack podcast. Well, the, my favorite place I ever played was in Prague for the EPT, but and Monte Carlo for the EPT. Those were my two favorites, but they're not. Like the casino in you're not really playing in the casino in Monte Carlo. The casino in Monte Carlo is really like an old separate kind of thing. And uh, in Prague, we're also it's also separate from you're playing in like a ballroom, you know, Uh, in Vegas. My favorite casino is the Aria. Okay. Uh, the, so that's like the real casino, yeah. Aria. Yeah. I, I remember uh, Aria. I've been to Vegas once. I remember yeah. Aria and the Venetian. Those are well, my two yeah. favorites. Yeah, Aria is my favorite. Easy, easy favorite. If you want to ask uh, some no, no, questions. No, no, uh, okay, I had that, no that's, idea. That's, that's a funny one. Yeah, I wrote them. That's a funny one. How many times players, male or female, try to hit on you at the table? Total number of times? Every Yeah, es- estimation. <laughs> Does it happen every time? Well, let's see. I've played poker, live poker for two, uh, ten, no, ten years, I guess. And maybe I'm playing poker like half of the days of the year or something. So let's just say I play poker like a hundred days a year live. So that's a thousand days I've played poker. I've probably been hit on at least once every day. So at least a thousand times, I guess. It probably evens out. Maybe there's a day that I didn't get hit on, but the other day I got hit on twice. So, yeah. Amazing. And also this is like interpretation, right? Maybe I think someone's hitting on me and they're not. It's yeah. possible. <laughs> yeah, in poker you, you can interpret. Yeah. Oh, maybe, someone, maybe it's more. Maybe But someone hit it on you and you didn't notice. There's a lot of flirtatious banter always at the table. I like to... It doesn't bother me. I, I like to engage and sort of challenge a little bit. So I think once people realize I'm open in this kind of way, they yeah. then push the envelope a little more. So maybe I'm encouraging it myself. <laughs> it's definitely not all... pleasant or or desired but for the most part I think in poker you have to have a very thick skin so it it's not really beneficial to let anybody's comments bother you so yeah. I just I just roll with it most of the time okay funniest thing ever happened in the poker table the funniest thing that ever something happened. yeah something you you remember it was hilarious oh it's a tough question I don't know what's the funniest thing 
she just turned to Jonathan, me? her boyfriend, who sits here, and he has no idea what... The funniest what thing <laughs> that ever happened at a... Po- oh, my God. Oh, no, I know. I know. I know for sure what the funniest thing is. Okay. This is going to be good. Yeah. Okay. So, main event... In it was some I don't remember which year either 20, 2014, 2015, 2016, somewhere in there. It was day three or day four of the main event, and this girl was at my table. I had never seen her before. She was like dressed really cute, early twenties, and she was playing like a maniac, just ridiculous. And also, she like did not give a shit about the game. She ordered bottle service to the table. Like a guy brought a cart with a with a ro- with a like a rolling cart with a bottle of vodka and the whole thing to the poker room at the like she was she was just I think she was a girl that had that had a been just gambling all over Vegas and stumbled into the main event somehow and was just like treating it like a game of blackjack that was what was happening anyway so she's uh she's like very tired at the table she she was like drinking a lot and then she was really tired and she was asking like cocktails and no one was coming and she was like cocktails cocktails and she gets into this hand where she bluffs it all off and some someone what happens what what happened was someone it was like a three-way pot and someone had check called her down on three streets it was like seven deuce deuce jack ace uh, with a missed flush draw and she had uh, uh, open pre-flop at the flop at the turn and all in on the river she covered the guy and the guy immediately called pocket seven so he had, he had flopped a boat and she just had she she tried to muck her hand and someone else at the table had said like dealer uh, she is. She has to turn her hand. It's all in. Blah blah blah, and uh, and and the dealer uh, called the floor. He said floor, and and we're having this whole discussion. Uh, the floor comes over, uh, and before he talks to the floor, we had all agreed that like she has to turn over hand. So the floor is coming over. He turns the hand, king queen of diamonds, puts it in the muck, and the floor comes over and says yes, and the dealer goes. Cocktails. <laughs> it was amazing. The whole table burst out laughing. This dealer was such a boss. It was oh, so amazing. Funny. This I, I, I heard this dealer. I never had a. The, this was just the most amazing. <laughs> Everybody thing. tipped him very well. This it evening. was so so yeah. good. Oh. <laughs> I just laughed about that for days. I could, and it was in like a very serious tournament. Like <laughs> oh. it, was, it, it wasn't was really like a, a, a some. low buy-in it was like oh no this was like in the money of the main event or like right before the money of the main event and uh, I was I was was a dealer and I think if I were to do that I mean the player would uh, I just said a cocktail about him he I think he would slap me or something like that (laughs) probably hit you or something there was also another second second uh hilarious hand was an old woman who was playing this uh, $3,000 event at the at the WSOP and just like bluffing every hand just going nuts just crazy old woman at the table and she was like bad mouthing everyone and she said she kept correcting people um, and, and telling them they were dumb and she was just hilarious and the dealer said something like watch out for the nine seat she's a she's a fireball and she's like I'm in the 10 seat and he goes oh I'm sorry the 10 seat and she's like that's okay you went to public school <laughs> <laughs> like this 95 year old woman is talking shit to the dealer I just thought it was so funny anyway the first one the first one's the best well can I is erasing uh, questions from my okay okay 
I, I'm willing to uh, to let just, those just two go. Just this, this question go, yeah. Two, okay. two questions. Table talk or golden silence? If Have you, you are confident... on the main event? If you are confident in your ability to either get information or get someone else to do what you want, go for it. Otherwise, I, I mean, if, if the action's on you, you might as well. You might as well try to get some information. But be careful because sometimes people are better, better at perceiving it than, you're better at, than you are at manipulating them. So it But depends. You're asking the wrong person. I mean... I, I like to talk. Yeah. <laughs> But I've also been burned. I've been super burned by talking. So one time a guy talked me into, into folding and showed me a bluff. Like, I mean, it, it definitely doesn't always work out. Yeah. Nothing works always. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but yeah, I, I know she likes to talk, but I, I, you know, I want to know. I want to know what... what I think what, most what... players are better off not talking to give information away and then talking if they're the person with the decision. Okay, I just added another one in my head. I'll try to remember it. Okay, spoiler alert. Who will sit on the Iron Throne? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know, and I thought it was so funny when they were doing these odds of yeah. what, what's going on. I mean, it has to be Jon Snow, right? But that's so boring. Yeah. I, uh, this is so boring. I mean... I, I'm so enjoying this conversation. I, I, would pr I would much have preferred if it was someone unexpected, like Jamie, or uh, if, it, if it did end up being Daenerys. Maybe, I, I think I would like Tyrion to be on it. Yeah, I, I think it would be nice if it would be Tyrion, or if there would be no throne at all, like Daenerys will just... She will understand that she they, they, they won't let her sit on the throne and just burn it all burn it all up well I thought it would have been really cool well this will be a spoiler but I thought it would have been really cool if Cersei escaped and she's now living in exile somewhere far away with this baby that is you know considered by some to be the rightful heir and like the story is starting all over again I thought that would have been cool uh, I, I I just lost the conversation and I have no idea if you did spoiler it but uh. <laughs> no, we will put spoiler alert on the on the post of the on the Facebook post of the after episode um, DC comics or Marvel I'm not a huge comic person but my my <gasps> I know but my my primary exposure has been to Marvel and that's those are the movies that I've seen so I guess Marvel I have a Batman. t-shirt here but uh, my wife is uh, as I said she's a Marvel fan and you my hard you know, to say I, because Batman uh, the Dark Knight was was one of the best movies yeah. that was incredible Heath Ledger in so, the most in the best performance ever and that's not really I haven't seen anything even close to as good in the Marvel movies so me too me too yay <laughs> except El Canal looks like Thor Sometimes. A bit, yeah, <laughs> a bit. Right? Yeah. I just said Nahon. Now, now we opened up. Melanie, now we're talking, speaking Hebrew. Tel Aviv or LA? For what? I, I didn't ask for what. I just, had, I just want you to answer. Tel Aviv or LA? <laughs> Go with LA. LA. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for visiting, probably Tel Aviv. But for living, LA, I think. We just talked They're both about, wonderful. Yeah, she, when, when I picked her up... So she said, oh, the traffic is awful. And then I asked her, what, what traffic is worse, Tel Aviv or LA? And then she said, I, I, before I even finished the sentence, I was like, it's LA. LA is much worse. <laughs> yeah, LA worse. has terrible traffic, but LA has much better sushi. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Point. I, I, I guess. Well I, I've never been to LA, but uh, I ate sushi in uh, New York, and it was much better than here. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star, ooh. Oh. Uh, 
I'm going to go with a very unpopular secret third answer, Stargate. <laughs> SG-1 or Atlantis? The original. SG-1. Yeah. Okay. My wife would love meeting... No, prepare to another two hours of podcast. Yeah, no. Stargate SG-1. My wife would love meeting Melanie. It's her favorite uh, TV show. I don't know why. But... Um, Okay, this is the one, a funny one. Will Kasuf or Alex Keating? I'd probably prefer to have Will Kasuf at my table. I think he's probably... Got to be careful how you talk about other players. I think I would have an easier time against him at the table. Okay. I don't have to be careful about poker players, so I just say... Uh, Wilka Sufshi called you a fish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had another one and I already forgot. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be also embarrassing. Brad Owen or Andrew Nimi? Uh, what? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. She doesn't watch poker vlogs. Okay. I, know, I know who Andrew Nimi is, but I, I don't, I don't, I can't like, think of it's, either of them by their faces no it's funny Brett Owen and Andrew they, they, they both have they are friends and Andrew they both Nimi have is like, a, like he's living in Vegas and is like 40 or something it's two poker vloggers just uh, yeah uh, no but it's, it's funny because uh, Andrew Nimi uh, Andrew Nimi can I go with Marley Marley Cordero I don't know her. You guys got to watch her, her blogs. It's so funny. She's cool. She, she ha- her first one is... <laughs> she's, she's like, yeah, uh, I'm looking for a poker, boy, poker playing boyfriend because all I do is go to the casino and my apartment. So looking for a poker player boyfriend. And she's like showing the room. She's like, fucked him, fucked him, fucked him. <laughs> Dated him for two days. Whoa. Like... Can't I have slept with everyone in this poker room? There's and she she does the whole like really funny satire of this like uh, like uh, female stereotype in poker and it's hilarious. She's very very funny. It's Marley, just Marley. M A R L E Cordero. Okay, Marley Cordero. Yeah, she she has a she has a great blog. So um, I will send you vlog. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you very have funny. any other uh, funny? She's very question? sarcastic. No, I yeah. I, I want to ask one thing. Like, You, you were a famous poker player before uh, 2016, but you got like a recognition worldwide by the main event. Like, uh, uh, but no, I want to ask how, it, how does it feel to be famous because you were uh, 127th or <laughs> <at> something? <laughs> uh, that's, it's, it's interesting to hear that characterization because I thought that sort of the height of my career... was long before that because yeah, I, 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 I thought so oh, I, I mean I saw you before uh, 2016 and like I watched the, the EPT and stuff I think I was um, but uh, uh, just, it's just it's so funny I mean because maybe maybe people think the same as you so maybe maybe that actually is the point of like the highest exposure but I always thought uh, in terms of notoriety, I had higher exposure before that like in when poker after dark was regularly being aired and yeah. like all the poker TV in America and all that and it kind of all died down um, but but it, it is funny and you know I I've achieved a decent amount of notoriety in poker without any major tournament victories like most people who are well known in poker have you know they won this bracelet or they won the CPT and I'm this person that has like just come close to 
more than anyone. <laughs> so it's 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 funny because because the the accolades I guess have come from or the 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 recognition ha- has come from these deep runs without the titles. So on one hand it's kind of annoying and on the other hand it's kind of cool that that I that it's it's not just like one one major hit and I and I've accumulated all my earnings from like constantly doing well in events and and I think for some people who do just have that like one giant score that's that's a lot of self-doubt like well what if I you know didn't have this then would anyone care about me at all kind of thing so I've done I've done a lot uh throughout my career and the the 127th thing is just really irritating because I did so much in that tournament to give myself a shot including my bust out hand for those of you who don't know I lost a a guy who three bet five three and then sort of was forced to call my all in, uh, and that was just really irritating to lose that. I need um, to watch it again. I remember it. I, I remember need to watch it again. Hand, I remember yeah. your hand yeah. with uh, the sweet the Swedish guy. You lost the Perlinda. Big, yeah, Perlinda. Honestly, that. that hand. Truthfully, I think I should have folded that hand, and I've given that hand a lot of thought. And uh, and I think that was a bad call. Most people watch that hand and they think, well, like it's a cooler. She had to call blah blah blah. But I I think there were I, there were some clues in that hand for me that could have I could have made the fold um, if I was just like a little sh- sharper that day. And it was the first hand of the day, and so I think I was still like a little calming down my nerves and. So, but it is, it is kind of funny to, mm. you know, like they're like, what did you, what did you win? What did you, well, you know, I took 10th place in this tournament and second place in this 127th in the main event. So, so it is kind of funny. Was a fun, was a fun year yeah. at the main event. Yeah, I, there was. was a lot of characters, a lot of yeah. faces you remember. Yeah. Um, you have another because I have one final question. One final question for you. Come on. When do you think you'll start? playing poker professionally do you think you're gonna do it until you're 78 years old or you you, you tell yourself no I won't do it forever I think I think poker as your primary source of income is really hard I think and it's only getting harder as the years go on so I would like for that not to be my primary source of income eventually and I've I've worked through especially like in recent years on on building out other aspects of my business like coaching and corporate work so that there is some balance there uh, And, and it, I, I don't think I would ever not play the main event, for example, or, or play at a, at a high competitive level. But I think uh, it, it's very emotionally draining. It's very, I, I'm sure the levels of cortisol in my blood, I don't know what the, the Hebrew equivalent for this is, but I'm sure they're sky high. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's just like a lot. It's a lot to weather. And I have toned, I've toned down the travel and, and try and... And try to try to prioritize like mental state and ba- and life balance and and all this stuff so so I think I'm I have already been sort of transitioning to that for a while but I think I've got a decent amount of time to perhaps the rest of my life to play at a at a high competitive level it just won't be you know the, the only thing that I am that that is that is my income and profession so yeah yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll win the main event this year and then just retire. Yeah, that, 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 that will be a very good solution. So, uh, okay, so we'll wrap it up. So thank you very, very much for coming. And My pleasure. It was, it's been a blast. It was been, yeah, it's been a blast. It will probably be our best episode forever. <laughs> 
Never mind who. Well, we can always record one of these another time, even if I'm not here. So yeah, we can yeah, always do it. Yeah, online. We, we would. And uh, if you're here in August, so we'll do a recap of the WSOP. Cool. Uh, Elkanah, final words. Just that it it was great with it. Uh, even that the, uh, the the fact that we got to get uh, that we got Melanie to to be here it's it's ama- it's amazing and just uh, we, we're taking it to the next level yeah yeah ne- next one is president Trump just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um special thanks to BPM college for uh this uh, studio for Pedro poker for our sportsmanship and uh for you guys our listeners so uh, until next time uh, I guess we'll say bye 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 bye